Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, I'm coming at you here with another first. And how do I explain what you're about to listen to? So this was, and I feel like I say this every week, so forgive me, but this is probably the most meaningful conversation I've had a chance to be a part of this year. And so let me tell you what you're about to listen in on. We just finished the recording of a five-person episode. And this episode included myself, Hal Elrod, who anyone who's on our podcast, you know who Hal is. And then we also had John Vroman, a dear friend of ours, who's one of the founders of the Front Row Foundation, author of the Front Row Factor, the creator of the Front Row Factor podcast. And we also invited on John Kane. John Kane has been a mentor for all of us and a friend for the last 20 years. He's an executive for the Cutco Corporation. And then we also had our good friend, John Rulin. So four Johns and a guy named Hal. And John Rulin, the author and creator of Giftology. He's also the number one all-time Cutco rep in the history of the company. But here's what's cool about the conversation we had, at least what was cool to me, is the five of us have known each other for almost 20 years. And none of us had any idea 20 years ago what direction our lives would go, the families that we would create, the lives we would create together, the work we would do together. And so what you're going to listen in on is a little bit different than maybe some of our other episodes. This is just five friends hanging out, having a conversation, sharing a couple stories, sharing stories about how the Front Row Foundation brought us together, sharing stories about how we've supported each other over the years. And there's a lot of laughter. So if you want to have a good time, listen in. Hope you have a blast. And if you want to hang out with the five of us, As you know, we're all going to be there November 17th, 18th, 19th at the Best Year Ever Blueprint event. And if you're uh, still getting ready to pick up your tickets, go to bestyeareverlive.com, bestyeareverlive.com to grab your seats. The five of us will be there to hang out with you in San Diego, November 17th, 18th, and 19th. Listen in. I hope you enjoy. Hope you have as much fun listening as we did having this conversation. Miracle Morning community, welcome. This is a behind the scenes, which will turn into a... What's the opposite of behind the scenes? <laughs> the front of the scenes or the, I don't know. We're going to transition from behind the scenes to the scenes, I guess. So um, no on the scene. No on the the scene. Just tune in. This is going to be fantastic. Inspiring, funny, random. Yeah. Who's leading this thing? <laughs> is anybody worried that our best jokes have already just been I know. Uh, <laughs> taken I like, up oh, over the should, last 10 minutes? All of our been, good stuff is gone. We should have been streaming. Uh, yeah, for 10 <laughs> yeah. I got nothing left. I got, it's been fun. <laughs> Who's leading? Is anyone leading this? We all are. I mean, listen, you've got these five guys on the call. Somebody's bound to take over and jump in. I'm going to start off by just saying good morning to everybody tuning in on the Miracle Morning community page. And also this podcast that you're listening to right now at some point in the future will be shared on both the Front Row Factor and the Achieve Your Goals podcast. So I just wanted to say welcome to the Front Row family. And I've also got Johnny Berghoff and Hal Elrod from the Achieve Your Goals podcast here with me. Guys, what is the Achieve Your Goals podcast? What's that all about? As if the title didn't give it away. 
I designed it a podcast that I would one day be able to pass on to my son, John Berghoff. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing, I'm really proud of him. He's doing a fantastic job. Thanks, buddy. It means a lot. Really. Yeah. Nice. Hey, son, when I got cancer, you really stepped up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but what we wanted to do is take a moment and talk about what the heck we're going to talk about today. So we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about, then we're going to talk about it, and then we'll probably tell you what we just talked about. I love it. Genius. What do you guys want to talk about today? Front Row Foundation? I want to just say this is episode 101 for Front Row Foundation, Front Row Factor, which is a big number for us uh, because the 101 is a symbol that represents somebody with their hands in the air. And that's been a logo and a representation of what our community has stood for for years and years. This goes back 12 years. And I'll also throw this out there for anybody watching live on Facebook. Why we're doing this is to celebrate this 101st episode. But this has been a big milestone for the charity in the fact that you know, we've recently surpassed a decade of doing these experiences. We've created more than 100 of these front row experiences for kids and adults all over the, the US and into Canada. And these four guys that are with me right now, John Berghoff, Hal Elrod, John Kane, John Rulin, have been there from the get-go, from the start, uh, helping build and create front row. So today, I wanted to celebrate and I wanted to merge these two communities because... You may or may not know this, but the Miracle Morning community is the number one donor to Front Row Foundation. So the Miracle Morning book sales contributes more financially than any other individual or organization and has both on a regular basis and collectively over the last decade. So pretty exciting stuff. Hal, thanks, buddy. Um, I just wanted to beat Cutco as the number one <laughs> contributor. So that was, it wasn't really about the foundation of the charity. It was just beating John Kane and his organization <laughs> and taking the number one spot, yeah. Feels good. Feels real good. Yeah, you're welcome. We now do 1.5 million people, Al. That's not, you know, it's not a bad day. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, I want to add a comment to this. Johnny, you asked the question, what do we want to talk about on this episode? I think what's really interesting, and we could approach this many different ways, is you just pointed out that the five of us have all been a part of a journey together in ushering the front row, nurturing it, bringing it into the future for the last 11, 12 years. What I think is really interesting, and a lot of people probably don't know this, is that our relationship, the five of us, actually goes back somewhere around 19 or 20 years. Yeah, And I think it's actually worth, uh, at some point, we ought to talk about what's really interesting about just the power of relationships and how lucky we were that we were all part of a culture with the Cutco community that that had an environment that attracted us, that connected us. And how rare is it? And it's not, I'm grateful for it. I was thinking about it driving in today. Like, wow, the five of us have known each other for 20 years. And uh, how lucky we are to have been able to be there to support each other in so many different ways. And, and it just, it made me start thinking of uh, how much of a better job I wish I would have done 20 years ago as a friend if I knew we would have still been hanging out together. Yeah, <laughs> I still harbor a lot of resentment uh, toward you from those early days. <laughs> Me too. I'll put myself in that camp. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sitting beside you down in Cabo was one of the worst dinners experiences of my life. <laughs> I was like 17, you know? Yeah, when you used to hide the phone so I couldn't make sales calls to <laughs> prospects, you hey, dirty, hey. dirty cheat. <laughs> I only had one way to go up, to go as a friend, and that was up. <laughs> and John's answer to all of our complaints is, I was only 17. I was only 17. I was only 17. <laughs> just a kid. Just a kid. I was a kid. It was last week. Just get past it. Hey, Johnny Kane, when did you start with Cutco? What year was that? 
It was when the knives were made out of wood. <laughs> this is the early 50s? 1990. 1990. 1990, oh my. That's awesome. So yeah, what were you guys? 98 for me, Rule and Reed, same year as me? 2000. 2000. I was 94. 94. Johnny was 99, right? 99, June of 99. June of 99. <laughs> I remember about a year after I started is when I heard John Rulin's name. And I heard about this farm boy out of Ohio who was trying to sell like pocket knives to everybody. And I can't tell you how many people I told him, like, whoever that kid is, what an idiot. What a terrible <laughs> idea. Who does <laughs> Follow the program, Roland. Follow, Follow the program. program. Follow the program. That's Stay between the lines, John. <laughs> Color between the lines. Uh, you and Brad Weimert and Rising were all like blistering. You guys were horrible. Can I tell my favorite John Roland story? Yeah, please. <laughs> tell it twice. Let's take turns telling each other favorite stories. That's good. So, my favorite story of John Roland, which I'm still taking a beating for to this day, is that I met him in a tent at a conference. He was just walking around and he came up and said, hey, I want to talk to you. Let's talk. And I spent a couple hours with him as a brand new sales representative. And then over the course of many years, we had hundreds of phone calls. And every time I would be on the phone with him, I'd be thinking, this guy's ridiculous. This guy's outrageous. And there were many times where I was just silent with those thoughts and I just supported him in a friendly way. The one time though, he came to me and he asked if he would be able to bring three busloads of his best customers from Amish <laughs> country to the factory for a tour. And he outlined this whole <laughs> plan. And I said, I lost it. I said, dude, that is the crazy. I am not going to go to the owners of our company and ask him this. This is outrageous, dude. You were off the reservation here, dude. And he's like, dude, I think it would be great. So, I went and kind of in a very non-supportive way to the owners mentioned that this request happened and they said, let's do it. And it was an amazing thing to witness that we got in this conference room. So the end of the story is it turned out to be one of my favorite days in 27 years in the business. And I had a total negative attitude about John, the idea, the whole thing. What was amazing about the day is that it was so powerful to see how this young man had influenced an entire community, an entire state of people we were generally selling to. And person after person talked about how impressed they were that he had taken the time to create a relationship that meant more than just selling something. And I tell that story to highlight my lack of business knowledge and acumen since then. I've been writing every idea he... I just say yes to every idea he has, and I take most of the credit for it. And that's going well for my career. <laughs> going well for my career. But it, I would just say that, you know, there's similar stories with everyone on this call where all of you have stepped up and stepped out as some of our most esteemed alumni and made a massive impact in the world. And there were lots of people saying you guys were crazy out there you know, there's been a lot of words associated with you guys, I would say, behind the scenes that you might not feel great about. But I would say that uh, history favors the bold. And I am honored to be here with you today and honored to have served with you at times in your career, but honored to have been wrong so many times about you and your potential. That feels good. And uh, I just think it's fun to think about how things get started that are often such a mess. 
And out of that mess comes some great things. And so there are a lot of stories around that. The other thing I just want to comment on is that when I think about these relationships and these friendships, if there's something I'd want to share with any community, what I see behind the scenes with all these relationships are people who are radically sold out to helping one another without wondering what's in it for them. And that's one of the things that you all speak about in different things. But I see a group of people who are showing up to give big while living big. And it's kind of like the answer is yes before the question's out of someone's mouth. Yeah, I'll help. Yeah, I'll do it. Yes, I will. And so I think that's something to note for people out there that one of the things that's kept these relationships together is that we've all been a yes for each other. Except I might be the worst at this, but we've all been a yes for each other for the most part. And I just want to honor you all for uh, the way you give and the way you live. It's a pleasure. And it's, I'm honored to be here standing uh, with giants here on the call today. It's a privilege. Thank you. Well put, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny, I mean, the way that you just acknowledged John Ruin is really a beautiful example of living life in the front row in terms of your relationships. You know, the way that you've treated John and vice versa and that we've all kind of supported each other, I think is huge. And I think that, you know, nobody succeeds alone, right? Nobody succeeds alone. And I know there's been a lot of times where I was trying to succeed alone. And I think we all have been there before. I wanted to ask John Broman for everybody listening or watching right now that may not be familiar with the Front Row Foundation, but maybe more importantly, or equally as important, the Front Row Philosophy. So JV, if you could take, John Broman, if you could take just you know a few minutes and talk about what is the Front Row Foundation, and more importantly, or equally as important, what's the philosophy that it's exemplified by your, the foundation and everybody that it impacts, not just the recipients, not just their families, but the people that are donating every month, the ambassadors, the supporters, et cetera. So what's it all about, man? Well, I am tempted to jump in and talk about that. But being that we have Berghoff, Kane, and Rulin on the line here, I almost want them to share what they think about that. Because uh, I talk about it all the time on the show. And I and I will definitely chime in with my thoughts. And thanks for allowing me that privilege, Hal. But JB, Kane, Rulin, I don't know. How would you answer that question that Hal just threw out? Johnny Rulin, you want to share a thought? <laughs> I'll just pass it around. Just pass it to me. <laughs> I mean, that was the plan all along. Pass all big questions to me. You know Rulin. I'm ready to talk endlessly. I'm just I, I didn't want to answer that question. That's why I asked it. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think that um we just recently brought Roman in to speak to our entrepreneurs organization for like hundred CEOs. And what I love about what John's done is he's created a, you know, it's not really just a foundation. It's really a movement. It's a mindset that translates from whether it's an employee, whether you're a plumber, whether you're a CEO, you're executive. And the mindset is that, you know, to live life fully present, fully engaged, 110%. And what I love about JV, the reason I can bring him into really any setting to speak, and I can really share the foundation with any organization is that it's something that we all can relate with. We all have family and friends that are braving life-threatening illnesses in some way, shape, or form. And we've all experienced, we've been blessed to experience, whether it's a concert, an event, you know, the five of us hanging out together, there's an energy that you feed off of when you're around people like that. And, it, you know, whether it's a Tony Robbins event, really doesn't matter. And JV just really has used, you know, his life as a perfect example of loving on people, pouring into people, 
And there's other organizations that do it, but I think that what I love about JV is he's living it and breathing it every day. And I see the same thing with Hal and how he lives and how he's poured into me and how he's poured into JB. And so it's been 10 years to get to 100 experiences. But I think that what's exciting is, you know, with the Today Show and organizations like Advisors Excel talking about getting involved with launching things, I think that the next 10 years, I really do believe that his vision of having seats set aside at every event on the planet for front row recipients is a real reality. And so I'm just honored and glad to be in this inner circle and have been around and was fortunate enough to be around when he did the crazy race and and really didn't have a full vision for what it was going to turn into. But as it morphs and develops into really an entire brand that I think corporate America can get behind, it's pretty exciting to see what uh, was taking place. It was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. I thought. Can that you was... give us like three more minutes, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't stop there, <laughs> dude. Uh, dude JD. Just name the hundred recipients real quick. I think you should acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and what show did they see? Yeah, and what show did they see? That would be really nice. To I mean, real fans would know that information. Re- yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know I'm a not a details guy. I mean, I'm sure my team has that documented. Is anyone on this call a details guy? I hey, I want to share something, by the way, about... So how when you ask about Front Row, it's cool because somebody's tuning in today that's never even heard the words Front Row Foundation. And I want to not tell you what we do, but I want to tell you who we help. And I'll tell you by recognizing Johnny Rulin, sitting across from me here on my wall about two feet away is a picture of a little girl named Sophie. And Sophie was battling a brain tumor and she was having a really difficult time. And it was tough on Sophie. It was tough on her family. When one person battles cancer, everybody battles cancer. And as I say that, by the way, I, I think of Hal in this past year also and what he went through and what his family went through. And yesterday, how you didn't battle anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> I watched Ursula. Um, no, it was, you know, yeah. I'm with work you. so hard to support you and the family. And uh, I just see that more and more. And so, you know, little Sophie is having a difficult time. Her family's having a difficult time. And we find out she's a big fan of Kelly Clarkson. So we want to put together a front row event for her. And that's our mission, right? Put these kids and adults in the front row of their dream event, create a day that relieves them of all their pain, that creates this joy and fulfillment that is very unique to what we do. And then to create a community and a family that supports them every day after and every day before leading up to the event as we get to know them and develop a friendship. Well, we didn't have any connections to Kelly and her team. So we reach out to Johnny Rulin, who has built these amazing relationships that we talked about earlier in the episode. And with a few text messages, we're going backstage to that event. Now, I almost don't want to tell anything else about the event because the guy who took Sophie on the event is here with us. That's John Berghoff. So... I'm going to use that as a bridge to say, Johnny B, maybe you could take it from here and tell us a little bit about what happened when we got her to the event, when we got this experience for Sophie. What was that like for you? Because that was early on. That was 2007 that this event took place. And I think this represents a little bit about what we do and maybe why you're continuing to support it to this day. Yeah. And you know, the meaning of that moment keeps changing for me because back then, you know, my wife, Mara, and I, I don't even know if we were married yet. We were just dating. And Today, we have three kids and we have a daughter who's six, Sierra. And so the meaning of that experience, it just gets deeper as my life goes on. And I can't help but just appreciate that. It was Atlantic City, like you said. And, you know, the first memory that comes back for me is when we went to dinner. And what's the name of that restaurant? It's like a jungle. Rainforest Cafe. Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. And we're sitting in that restaurant and 
I think that was my first time helping the front row as an event coordinator along with Mara. And so it was a little bit surreal for me to be there with Sophie's parents and Sophie. And I'm sitting there with the knowing in my head that she's battling something that, I mean, they were all pretty much aware that this was a battle she probably wasn't going to win. And so you think about what that does to your perspective in life in that moment. And we're sitting there in that dinner and I'll never forget this. And fortunately, I think I've told this story enough times. I think I can retell it without completely losing my marbles. But we're sitting there in the dinner and in that rainforest cafe, if you've ever eaten in one of these, they have all these effects with the lighting and the sound and they make it feel all of a sudden like it's a jungle. And there's a moment where all the lights turn off and you can see all the stars in the sky. And right at that moment, and we were having a conversation at the table with Sophie, who at the time was you know, three or four years old. And somebody had asked something, a question like, where is home for you? Where are you from? And Sophie, her answer said, she said, well, I'm an angel. She said, I'm from those stars up above. And uh, you, know, you can imagine sitting there hearing her saying that, you know, thinking about how precious life is. Well, the night went on. We went to see... Kelly Clarkson. And I don't know if you just mentioned this, Johnny, but Sophie had been, she was really tired from dealing with what she was dealing with. And so she actually was sleeping through most of the concert. And so we all had a concern. We thought, oh my gosh, we've done all this work to line up this show for Sophie and her family. And she's going to sleep through this experience. It was like, we're thinking this is the worst thing that could maybe happen. Well, we get towards the end of the show and she's asleep in her mom's arms. And, um, you know, because of the work of Johnny Rulin finding a way to connect us with the tour manager, we had been told there might be an opportunity to meet with Kelly Clarkson, although we weren't really sure if that was going to happen. And so after the show, we get ushered into this random room and we're sitting in there and it's just the four or five of us. Sophie's sleeping in her mom's arm and we're still thinking, even if Kelly did show up, you know, she's going to sleep through this whole thing. Well, Kelly walks through the door. And the moment she walks through the door, Sophie, her eyes burst open. And, you know, if you've ever seen a kid who's deep asleep, it's not normal to think that they're just going to wake wide awake in the moment. And she wakes up and she looks over at Sophie. And right in that moment, you know, I think she looks at Kelly and she said something like, you're a pretty good singer. And Kelly, <laughs> gra Kelly grabs her and holds on to her. And we spent probably the next half hour just hanging out and, uh, laughing together, playing, taking pictures. And and yeah, that picture that you have on your wall, I took that right in that moment when you know Sophie was looking at Kelly being held in her arms. And unfortunately, you know, we all know how the story ends. That a month or so later, Sophie lost her life and Mara and I went up to the funeral. And it was a moment for me that it was kind of the moment where I finally appreciated the power of the Front Row Foundation and what it does. Because as we're going up to the viewing, you know, I walk up to the casket. I look down in the casket at this innocent little four-year-old girl's soul. And sitting right on top of her was her VIP pass for the Kelly Clarkson concert. <sighs> and I remember looking at that thinking, God, that's, you know, it's not just what we did for this little girl. But I, I remember looking at her parents and them telling us later on that that moment was a memory that they could hold on to forever. And it was a memory that could replace so many of the painful memories 
And that was big for me. That was big for me to appreciate life and to appreciate the power of what the front row does. And so Johnny, thank you for creating that for me, for my family and for all of us and this community that's listening. And Johnny, thanks for telling that story, man. When you tell that, I, I'm reminded that there was a moment I realized how other people were impacted by these events, not just the recipient. I think when we originally had the idea, it was about all about Sophie. I didn't recognize the impact it would have on the mom and dad and grandparents and volunteers and donors and all the people that would be involved in it. That was unexpected for me. I understand the ripple effect and I understand the impact in that way, but I didn't feel it or see it to the degree that we have over the years. So yeah, sometimes people ask me about the front row and I tell them, I say, at the end of the day, I feel like sometimes I'm the biggest beneficiary because I get to meet all these amazing people and you know, these incredible families that change our world. Well, Johnny, it reminds me too why I think the work that you have just put out into the world with your book, The Front Row Factor. And if there's anybody in either of our communities listening who hasn't read it five times by now, Hal's holding it up if you're watching the live stream. He, <laughs> and he of course, has five copies, not one. Um, but Johnny, I, I think this is... Uh, it's a good reminder for everybody to take a look at what you put your heart and soul into and in putting that book out because that book was all the lessons that you've learned from helping people who are fighting for their life. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, maybe if anyone hasn't heard us talk about it on past episodes, maybe you could give us just a snapshot or a glimpse into some of the key lessons from that book, buddy. I think it would be great to share that with everybody. Yeah, it really is our book, guys. And that's why we're all talking today. And this isn't a solo episode of me talking about these past years, but this has been a we thing. And uh, this has very much been a build with friends concept. I always knew that it would grow. I always knew that we would advance and progress. And we have. I wasn't obsessed with numbers and doubling and tripling. I, I was obsessed with getting together with friends on evenings and weekends. And and then, you know, while some people might have been uh, taking vacations and doing certain things in their lives, But anyway, this has been very much a we thing. So I want to... The acknowledgement section of the book, I think, demonstrates that. I think it's like 30 pages of acknowledgements. Um, (laughs) It's true. But uh, so I want to thank all you guys for helping me do it. Here's what happened over the two years of writing the book. And I mean, really writing the book. We've been talking about the book for probably five. But really writing the book over those two years, when we sat down and said, what's happening here? Why is this working? Why are people attracted to the front row? Why are people being impacted? So here's what happened. When we sat down and looked back, we realized that there were what we call three forces at work. So here's what we determined that was happening. The first thing was, and this is really what happened, what we outlined in the book was the power first of hope. And here's a big lesson from the book. One is the power of hope. Here's what we realized. One of the things that happened was when we were doing these events, we would tell the family or the recipient about the event coming up And we would notice that immediately there would be a transformation in their life, not just at the event or as the event was happening, which we knew would be transformative. But we didn't recognize the transformation that would occur before. For example, Thomas Kay was one of our recipients. And he was an avid rugby player, the picture of health. (laughs) These guys are holding up photos of the Front Row book if you're listening on the podcast. you got to check out the live stream. Go to the Miracle Morning Facebook page and check out the video. These guys are hysterical. So anyway, back to uh, Thomas K. So Thomas K, you know, was an avid rugby player and 
He's fighting for his life. And uh, we learn about Thomas and his story. And Thomas is a real hero, real incredible guy, but bound to a wheelchair, losing his eyesight. And we tell him that he's going to go see the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. And to say he's excited would be an understatement. But what we didn't anticipate was that we learned from Thomas and his family that he was fighting to stand for the national anthem. So during physical therapy, he had now new motivation to take a stand. And I think that's a beautiful metaphor for life in general, that when we have purpose, we find power. And when we have purpose in life and when we have hope for the future, something that we're chasing, something that we are anticipating. And we talk about this all the time as brothers here. We talk about the anticipation principle of like, you know, Johnny Kane, I learned this from you. It was every time that we'd meet, you'd say, let's get another date on the book. Like, let's know when are we getting together? What are we doing? When are we reconnecting? And it was something about that, that even though that we might not hang out for weeks or even months at times, knowing that we had a day, knowing that we had time would bring a lot of peace and power and fulfillment to the moments that were leading up to the events, like a holiday. Sometimes all the buildup to a holiday, you could argue, is even more exciting than the holiday itself. I don't know whether my kids have more fun on Christmas morning or whether they have more fun the 30 days leading up to it, talking about it and all the things that are going to happen. That's the extended celebration in a sense. So we learned about hope. We also learned about what happens after the event. And we didn't anticipate this, but I, you know, one of our brothers, Kerry Smolinski, awesome guy, board member for years, been with Front Row since the beginning. Kerry created an event for a young man named Mike. And Mike was um, 16 in age, but developed mentally to about nine years of age based on the, the illnesses that he was fighting. And we sent him to go see this event in South Carolina. I'll never forget hearing it was the first time on an airplane, the first time seeing the ocean, the first time in a hotel. For Front Row, there's a lot of firsts and there's a lot of reasons to celebrate. And for Mike, he was in a very difficult situation when he got home. His health was fading very quickly. And Carrie was worried that he might not make it past the week. And Carrie, you know, being the heart-centered guy that he is, he went out to the hospital to see Mike. And he didn't need to. That wasn't part of the deal. But if anybody's watching, you can see our shirts. They say, it's a forever thing. And a part of why we say that is that we wanted this to be more than the day. We wanted this to be about family and we wanted it to be about forever. So Carrie, following suit with that, goes out to the hospital, sees Mike, and he tells me, you know, on his car ride home, he says, I walked in, I saw Mike and man, he's not doing well. But I saw Mike smiling because he was sitting there on the bed and he was flipping through his photo album and he was looking at all the pictures and he goes, I could see that he was reliving that experience. And that was bringing peace and joy and some relief in his life in that moment. And that made me feel really good about the work that we do. And I learned about the power of looking back and celebrating. And I think that's very different than living in the past, where sometimes we talk about how that's not a good thing to do. And it isn't if it's not serving you in this moment. But celebration or remembering the good times isn't about telling the same old story and being stale. It's about remembering the front row moments of our lives and using that as power, using that as a way of gratitude, using that as a way... And gratitude, by the way, we talk about this in the book. We write about this in the book. Scientifically backed to talk about the benefits of gratitude. And the more that we appreciate what we have and have had, 
the more we're able to build and create into the future, the more we're able to take that positivity and move it forward. So those are just a couple of the things that we write about in the book. And then we tell the stories of the recipients. We give the practical strategies that we've learned from them about how to make the most of all of our moments. And then we back it up with some really compelling science that says, hey, hope isn't just this light and fluffy thing. It's actually something people can understand its power, whether that's in a family, a church, or a business. doesn't matter where you are. These are principles that apply to living life in the front row, as we say, or being moment makers in our lives. Because our lives are just a big series of a bunch of moments. You know, That's all we get. We get another minute. Maybe it was gifted to us. And then our choice is, what do we do with those minutes, those moments? Because I mean, you know, listen, we all have kids here and, you know, Tiger is eight and I'm blown away thinking that he's halfway to driving a car and I'm realizing how quick this whole thing goes and how we almost need to intentionally slow things down. Johnny Kane, as you've always told me, it's like, pause, take a look around, soak this in. Well before your mindfulness training, Johnny Kane, you had this inner wisdom to know that that was what we needed to do, was to be witness to our moments and help others be witness to their moments as well. So that's what the front row is all about. The front row is about showing up for people. You know, the metaphor being in the front row, people will challenge it. They're like, I don't want to be in the front row. I want to be on the stage. I want to be on the field. I want to be in the game. And I'm totally there. I get that metaphor. Play the game. Yes, I get it. Also, there's nothing wrong with showing up for people. The life in the front row philosophy is about being a moment maker for other people in times in life. It's about knowing other people's dreams and goals. It's about being a raving fan for those you love and care about. Being in the front row of life is about witnessing things that are amazing and then celebrating with them that amplifies all those moments. That's what the book is about. That's what this whole thing is about. And that's what we're all doing together. Guys, with that being said, I'm tempted to say, what else do you think? But what I want to talk about is, I want to see if we can transition a little bit to talk about this whole forever thing concept, like how we wanted to be not just a charity that creates these incredible moments, but to be an organization, a family, a community that helps people live every day in the front row. Because I always said, we want to be a little bit like Make-A-Wish meets Tony Robbins, right? If somebody said, tell me about your cause. I'm like, it's like Make-A-Wish meets Tony Robbins where we create these days, but then we create a community that helps people really live fully. And one of the ways that we've done that is by creating this partnership with the Miracle Morning. And so, you know, people ask me like, how do you live life in the front row? I'm like, the first thing, you've got to get your day right. Because if you take care of you, you can take care of others. You want to show up for yourself, you can show up for the world. That's what this is all about, right? And there's, you know, how, dude, I'm so impressed. I want to tell you this with what you've created with the Miracle Morning and what's happened with that. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. If you're out there listening right now and you're watching and you're part of this, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy because I've seen the Miracle Morning change lives. And I love that we give the Miracle Morning book to everybody in the Front Row Foundation to say, this is the first step, right? This is how we do it. And what's now ended up happening is that you put on this event several years ago, the Best Year Ever Blueprint event, and we partnered together on it. And I want to talk a little bit about why is that? And I want to talk about this partnership and this family that we've blended these communities and built these communities kind of side by side and together. So guys, can we? I want to talk about like best year ever and the blending of Miracle Morning in front row. I don't know where we want to go with that, but I'm open to thoughts or ideas. Yeah, I'll I'll share it, John. I want to mention something that you just shared and then we'll transition into kind of where the partnership came from. But what I realized, and it took me a long time, you know, kind of like John, as we get older and we grow and we have new experiences and our circumstances evolve and change, our perspective evolves and changes. And what I realized is that what Front Row Foundation has become is it's invited and made 
kind of a norm, this way of living life in the front row. And if you think about most people, like we take for granted, we were introduced to personal development at a very young age, all of us, right? At 19, I learned about positive thinking and personal development in the Cutco training. And then I went home and I was like, mom and dad, you guys are so negative. Like I never realized how negative you were until I learned about how positive other people are. You guys are negative. You complain all the freaking time. (laughs) And so... But with that, like we all became this super positive, focused on our goals, folks, you know, as teenagers, right? Or in our early 20s. But what I realized is most people don't have that experience. The majority, you know, 99% of society doesn't have that exposure to the power and the value of personal growth and personal development. And that is a big part of what Front Row, I think, brings is it's, it's the recipients, it's their family, but it's everybody involved in the chair. I mean, there's thousands of people. It's everybody listening to your podcast, John. And it goes to the front row events and all, all of these touches from the Front Row Foundation are touching deep in the hearts of so many people and changing the way that they show up in their world and in their relationships and to the people that they love. And so I think that's what is so neat is that, yeah, this started as, hey, let's benefit the one person that is battling a life-threatening illness. And then Roman, like you said, you didn't realize, well, wait, well, this actually affects their family, arguably even more than it affects them, because especially if they pass away, their family carries on with these amazing, beautiful memories. And then beyond that, though, it is something that all of us, I think, have really come to appreciate on a life level, not just a foundation or a charity or a contribution level, but on a living every day of our lives and the the way it affects so many thousands of other people to do the same. And being that as John Vroman, John Berghoff and I, we all talked about all of us, when we put on the Best Year Ever event, that there was such a synergy that it was, and even John Roman, you made a great point. You go, Hal, the miracle morning is how you start your day. And the front row factor, the front row philosophy is really how you kind of live the rest of the day. Like, all right, miracle morning gets you started, but how do you really live and maximize every moment of your life? And that's what this bad boy does. John Roman's holding up the third book in the series, but at the end of the day, you give a gift. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta give a gift at the end of the day. And nobody better to teach you that than giftology. But actually, JB, I'd love to, or JB, JB. By the way, does anybody else watching realize that I've got a John, John Vroman, John Berghoff, John Kane, and John Rulin all surrounding me? I'm surrounded by John. <laughs> I feel so insecure. I've never felt, I always felt insecure growing up having the name Hal because it was a weird name growing up. And people called me, they spun it into other weird making fun of me names. And, but then now I'm more insecure because you guys are all named John. But JB, John Berghoff, I would love to hear actually, because you really, you articulated it and you actually brought the idea to me. Hey, why don't we partner with the Front Row Foundation at the Best Year Ever Blueprint? Why don't we combine this annual Front Row event that we do and just bring it to the Blueprint where everybody's already there. They're already like-minded. They value contribution. They value personal development. Why don't we do it and put it together? So JB, I'd love for you to kind of take over, Mr. Berghoff, and share the way that you articulated it to me then and that you can articulate it now, how do we integrate Front Row Foundation into our event in November and how have we done it and how are we going to do it again? Happy to. And Johnny Kane, this is coming your way at the end, so be ready, buddy. You know, the seed of this partnership, and I think there's some cool lessons here that hopefully it can be revealed through me uh, telling the story. The seeds of this partnership, you know, were really planted years ago when we actually ran an event called The Big Give. And actually, all of us were there at the first Big Give. And The Big Give was an idea. And the idea was, what if we bring people together for a day 
and we run an event where they get to develop themselves. They get to evolve as entrepreneurs, as parents, as people. And we combine that with celebrating through a fundraiser, through a gala, the Front Row Foundation. So we actually did several of these big give events starting back in, was it 2011 or 12? I mean, we did it for two or three years, right? And then we took a couple of years off. And then after the first best year ever event, Hal, Johnny Vroman and I, I'll never forget it. We're in our hotel room Sunday night after the event was done. And Johnny and I were actually, we were struggling with something. And what we were struggling with was we had just finished the first best year ever event. That was December, 2014. And we were looking ahead at 2015. We were struggling because we had just announced the dates for the 2015 best year ever event. And we were sitting there thinking, well, when do we host the annual Front Row Foundation Gala or celebration? And Johnny had actually planted his seat. He said, you know, here's a crazy idea that probably doesn't make any sense, but what if we did them at the same time? And that seed was planted and a number of months went by where we hadn't really talked about that again. It was just an open question of how do we host these two different events for this community where a lot of people are part of the same community. Well, a little bit later in 2015, part of our process, just to pull the curtain back for those of you who've been to the best year ever, if you're coming this year, we can't wait to see you November 17, 18, 19 in sunny San Diego, bestyeareverlive.com. So here's the deal. A few months into 2015, we started our process for designing the best year ever, which always starts with our guiding principles. And our guiding principles are not statements, they're questions. You know, And it's one of the reasons we love the partnership between the front row and the best year ever is because the front row philosophy is about asking questions. You heard John talk about hope earlier. You know, Hope is inspired when we ask a question like, what kinds of images of my future give me the most excitement? You know, If I were to imagine waking up a year, two, three years from now and looking around in my life, everything being in harmony and everything operating the way I want it to and fully flourishing and thriving, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Who am I with? What am I doing? Who am I being? Those kinds of questions inspire hope. Or when we look back, like Johnny said, and we celebrate, I would argue and add something to John's point that you know we not only look back and celebrate the moments that are obvious, but we eventually learn how to celebrate every moment. And that's where the true power lies. That's what we call meaning making. When I can look back and take moments that maybe in the moment were a tragedy, and I can look back and ask myself, was there a gift in that moment? And sometimes only time tells us what that gift was. Was there a lesson? Was there a strength that that built that I can now invest into my future, my family, and whatever might come ahead of me? So we love that philosophy because the Best Year Ever event is all about inviting people to ask the kinds of questions with hundreds of people together that are going to transform their future. And so one of the questions that we were asking in planning for the Best Year Ever event was, how might we integrate a sense of purpose into the Best Year Ever event? Because one of the things that all five of us believe in deep in our core, and we might use different words to say it, but we all believe as entrepreneurs that the reason to go to work every day is not to go to work. It's not to make money. We go to work and we make money so that we can make the biggest positive difference in the world that we possibly can, so that we can use our highest strengths and do what gives us passion so that we can elevate others in whatever way we're doing that. And so we had asked the question, how do we kind of reinvent the best year ever event so that we don't just talk to people, because many of them are entrepreneurs, we don't just talk about, hey, how do you do things so you can make an impact? But how do we actually redesign the event so that people are making an impact in real time? And the answer emerged and it became so obvious. And the answer was, in the middle of the event, right? At the second evening, Saturday night, 
we're going to actually host a front row foundation gala. And we called it a celebration with an auction and we tell stories and we honor recipients and we honor ourselves and we just love the present moment. And the first year that we did that in 2015, it was a huge risk. We thought to ourselves that people might be turned off by this because they paid a lot of money to come develop themselves. They were happy with last year's best year ever event. And now we're telling them in the middle of it, we're going to honor this wish organization. And we thought some people might not like that. We weren't sure what would happen. And what turned out to happen was we were blown away. And not only did everybody show up for that Saturday night celebration, but they showed up with their hearts, with their souls, with their minds, and with their wallets. And we had this fun little fundraiser that raised something like $110,000 just out of nowhere. And there we were sitting in the middle of an event that was originally designed to help people who came to that event to have their best year ever. And now they are standing there helping us to help others who are battling life-threatening illnesses who many of them would never meet. And that told us something. It told us that this whole idea of not just talking about, but actually integrating and including in the event some aspect of contribution of giving was something that people were just, they were yearning for. They wanted deep down inside and we created that possibility. And the crazy thing is that was an experiment that we realized right then and there, we're never going to run an event again without having some element of contribution. And since then, that's inspired. Johnny Ruland just did this at an event. He raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. We, that's inspired at many other communities who were at that first event, the same strategy to integrate fundraising with a personal empowerment event. So that's how that partnership started. But I want to circle back and close this out just by pointing out that it's really not about the fundraising. It's really about the alignment of values that we believe that for someone to live their best year ever, they've got to learn how to hold on to continuously a positive image of the future. They've got to learn how to continue to celebrate the past and the present. And that's what the Front Row Foundation is all about. So yeah, it's about helping a wish organization, but it's about reminding ourselves how much that philosophy is a beautiful philosophy to literally live our best year ever, our best day and our best moment that we can. Johnny Kane, I just wanted to invite you to say something because I just had a feeling that you had something to add to this. Yeah, you know, John, I a lot of things I agree with that you say, but some things I don't. <laughs> because I think it is about fundraising. Mm. And maybe not a best year ever event, but I want to speak to some experiences that have happened recently that for the group. There are people listening that may be saying, well, how would I share my talent, my time, and my treasure to support an organization like Front Row? In fact, the most common question I get is, what difference can I make? And I think that I want to share a few stories that could help people connect with how they could connect. So many of you recognize that on this call, there are four individuals who are revolutionaries in each of their own industry and event. And if you know the story behind everybody on this call, John, John, Hal, and Mr. Ruland, you will know that each in their own way are revolutionizing a piece of the world. And, you know, we all have this front row connection in common. One of the things that happens is that there are people out there when they hear John Broman speak, two-time college speaker of the year, there are college students who simply go to the website and become ambassadors and for $11 a month can contribute to being an ambassador for the Front Row Foundation. Obviously, that number can increase. The 11's kind of based on the two hands up. You get it, right? So for $11, you could be part of the mission here. I think that's important to recognize. 
it's great to hear about John Rowland raising a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, boy, he does that on a, every casual Monday. But I would say that <laughs> it's inspiring to know that uh, for $11, you can be part of this. It's also inspiring to know that we have people who at their picnic and party that they have every single year, which is, it's fun to have a party. But what about when you do a lip syncing contest at that party that raises $10,000 and sends two people to an event? What about the Front Row Summit in July when the Front Row this year decides to invite our families? And, you know, Aaron and Mr. Stegi and his other families, our kids are together. What about what happens when the kids build an arcade out of cardboard and then come in and sell tickets to their own parents? Brilliant, guys. I mean, how do you not buy your own kids' tickets, okay? Even a golden ticket worth $800 for all the prizes. I mean, everybody could play every game. Somehow people were buying $800 tickets to a cardboard arcade. I don't know how you did it. But the brilliance was our children got to feel, got to raise almost $4,000, which is what, you know, is close to what we spend to send a recipient to an event that we've inspired children to do this. We have people running races. We have people having backyard games. We have people having, you know, pub crawl. What's beautiful about this is that there's the opportunity to participate any way you freaking feel like it. Whatever you like to do, you can turn that into a way of creating someone's best day. So if there's any point, you know, whether you're able to go to an event or whether you're, you know, if you have something you like to do, there's a way to turn that into a way to help someone experience the best day of their life and possibly the thing that their family will remember forever. And so what I love about this is you can connect this to what inspires you. You know, you may be inspired by the Miracle Morning or the Front Row message or John Rulin's Giftology message or Appreciative Inquiry and the work being done by the Flourishing Leadership Institute, all revolutionary work in the world. But the great thing is, if you're not, you can just go out and be you and make a difference for this cause. And I think that's a message I want everyone to hear today. There's a way for you to connect with this, and there's nothing small about the way you choose to connect. And it would be my hope that today that we have people who raise their hand and say, I want to step in and step up, and while I'm doing what I love, can we help other people have the best day of their life? And so I agree, it's not about fundraising, but it's about connecting what you're passionate about with a way to help others. And Maybe it's not for front row, but if you can do that for something else in your life, I think that's a powerful lesson from the book and something you gentlemen are all exemplifying with the way you live. Johnny, I want to, um, I'm going to just say what's brilliant about what you just shared is that this whole thing, this whole decade of creating together, these events that we've blended, the idea of the miracle morning is showing up for you and the front row philosophy is about showing up for others. All of this is harmony. Johnny Berghoff said this, and I, I learned this years ago from JB talking about one of his primary questions was, how do I have all things in my life work in harmony? How do I take the things I value most and piece them together? And then Kane, you beautifully articulated like our friends, the Mullers, who have this backyard barbecue that they host a lip sync battle and they raise 10 grand. They're blending 
they're constantly asking, how can I both live big and give big at the same time? And big's all relative. You know, to somebody, $11 a month is a big contribution. And in different stages of our lives, we have different resources at our disposal to be able to give in different ways. And, you know, people come to the summit because they want to give not only just a financial contribution, and many can't. They're not in a position to do that, but they can give time and energy and their brain power behind something. But the thing is that the common thread, the through line of this story is a group of people who value relationships, who value their life and their time, doing life together, choosing to say, hey, we're going to do this summit and come together as a family. We're going to go to this best year ever and come together as a family. Like the best year ever is a family reunion. The best year ever is like one of the best excuses to go hop on a plane and see your real family in life, in a sense. You know, when I say your real family, meaning a chosen family, I shouldn't say real, a chosen family. And the one through line here also with all this is these are intentional decisions. This isn't happening by accident. These are people who are saying, how can I choose my environment? You know, one of the pieces of the front row factor, we have three areas of focus. It's like, what's my mindset? And your questions direct your mindset. Who are the people around my relationships? We call that who's in your front row. And what's in my front row is sort of the environment I choose to be in. And the best year ever, this empowering environment with these incredible people and this harmony of purpose and intention of giving back so that we don't get to the end of our lives and saying, man, I, I wasted all those days. You know, Matthew Kelly, our mutual friend, Johnny Rulin, I think you brought Matthew to the table and introduced him to the group. He always says, we spend the first half of our life thinking we're too young and the second half of our life thinking we're too old. And I think what's great about this community is it's like, now is the time, right? Now is the time. So I just wanted to say that this is a beautiful harmony. And for anybody listening out there, if you're asking, how does this apply to me? Ask yourself, how can your world work more in harmony? Ask yourself, who do you want to do life with? And how can you be intentional about finding ways to grow and give at the same time? I think that's a beautiful combination. Johnny Rulin, what do you think about all this? That's a great question, JV. And uh, I've been having some fun making comments with uh, Mr. Elrod. So to be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) The last three minutes sounded really, really powerful. I should Um, mention this, by the way, guys, there is a chat box going on as we're talking. And uh, yeah, there's some fun. We should post the chat box with this. I even thought to myself, I wonder if the chat box is being viewed live by everybody as well. <laughs> is this being broadcast along with the rest of the webinar? Just no, I, don't, I don't think so. Or I don't hope so. Yeah. Johnny, uh, Rulin, what we were just talking about is we were talking about your $100,000 pledge that you recently made to the front row over yeah. the next five years, how the Rulin group is. Oh, dude, well done, buddy. <laughs> just wow. amazing. Thank you dude. so much for that. Dude, I'd like yeah. to think that uh, if we get Advisors Excel or a few of these other organizations on board, 100K is going to look like a drop in the bucket. So, yeah. dude, I'm, you know I'm working behind the scenes to make sure that some special things happen. Always. Many commas and multiple zeros. Always. So, yes. Maybe they'll give you a t-shirt if you can get that done. Yeah, dude, I, I'm still waiting for mine. I mean, I, yeah, I apparently... Yeah, I'll yeah. give you a Dixie cup with your name written on it. The Sharpie. <laughs>
Dude, are we going to talk about like the tattoos or the fact that like, you know, the 25K that JK raised doing the freaking Iron Man? I mean, he like, I was, yeah, the Iron Man. I was I, thinking, I, I mean, to be mentioned that needed to be mentioned. The tattoo challenge, I think, is a pretty strong, you know, gauntlet to throw down. I mean, John Kane doing an Iron Man, it's a miracle. It's like, yeah, it defies, it, it defies logic. It defies <laughs> gravity. It defies everything. It defies physics. Everything. Physics. Physics. Yeah. It's like when humans believed either, you know, like the world was flat. Was, Flat or a human couldn't run a four minute mile. Like, yeah. Anyway, John, <laughs> talk about. Give us it, some stats too, J.K. When you did the race, how tall are you? What were you weighing in at on fight day? I think what would be true is when you don't have any real business talent, you, what you do is you mutilate yourself and your body to raise money. <laughs> and there's really no other way you can do it. If I had half the gifts of you guys, I would find a smarter way to raise money for the foundation. But self-mutilation has been the, the strategy so far. Yeah, four uh, out of five of us have done that. Yeah, so anyway... Uh, I just fake cancers and car accidents. That's my, <laughs> that's my big excuse. <laughs> like like, I feel guilty laughing about that because that makes me want, I, I want to laugh and cry at the same time. Yeah, this is being recorded. So I actually am really upset that you. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, I would say really simply, I was inspired by attending the funeral of someone I barely knew who uh, they lost their dad and the dad was a few years older than I was. And I was inspired to just do something and a series of things lined up and a, a lot of people lined up to help toward a goal of, you know, just doing something I was passionate about. And I guess the biggest lesson you can listen to the podcast that I think it's like podcast. Uh, I don't know what number, but it's one of John Romans where we talked a lot about that story. If you're interested, I'm not going to eat up a lot of time. I would just simply say, the theme of that is that we don't do anything alone. A lot of people help. When you set a big goal, it's amazing the things that come to your aid and the people that come to your aid and the people that will help when you're willing to step out there. You know, I would say it was a little disconcerting sometimes running these races where someone would say, is that the pizza delivery guy? You know, or, or no, he's actually in the race. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. You know, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, it doesn't matter what shape or size you are. I've learned that there's a way if you really want to do something. And I think what happens when you have a cause like the front row, and you look behind me here, there's a little plaque, and the plaque has five recipients that were able to be impacted by doing an event. And I thought, how cool would it be to see how many people we could impact, you know, with one event? And I think that having a bigger purpose is what helped that process. And a lot of people can speak to that. The tattoo is just a bad decision. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, moving forward, I'm going to try to avoid those. Yeah. <laughs> the tattoo wasn't a bad decision. The tattoo, <laughs> the tattoo was really about, you know. And what tattoo? Just so everyone listening knows, you got a what tattoo? What's I got tattoo? a front row tattoo on my arm. And we were at a fundraiser and we were trying to get to 100,000. I had nothing to give. It said, <laughs> if, uh, if you guys throw in more money, we'll all tattoo ourselves. And that, you know, it was late in the night and I can't uh -huh. speak to everybody's state of mind, but in the end, uh, it's starting to catch on. We're projecting to raise a million dollars next year in tattoos only for the Front Row Foundation. So uh, the uh, self-mutilation campaign will extend and uh, we're challenging everybody out there. Right now, the most amount of money ever raised with one tattoo is $15,000. The challenge is to say, could someone raise 25000 with that tattoo? 50,000, 
could you do a tattoo fundraiser? If you don't like that, you can donate your birthday, which is a kind of a, it's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice thing to do. How did that? But, uh, you know, a lot of people do that, but if you want to go big, uh, tattoo, the first neck tattoo, I think could raise a hundred thousand dollars. So I think we should consider that. Yeah. <laughs> It'd have to be a million bucks for me to get a neck tattoo. I'd throw down that gauntlet. A million for a million? Right? Guys, I feel like we should pursue that mission. Yeah. I think there are people out there that would pay a million dollars to see Rulin get a neck tattoo of the front now, row. Now, Rulin selflessly I, I, meant if I, I, someone I, donates a million dollars to the Front Row Foundation, he'll get a neck tattoo. That's so sweet. Dude, uh, I have no tattoos and I have no plans on getting one, but <laughs> seven figures for the cause, I could be convinced. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds. So by the way, I want to add to this story. JK, you're a moment maker. I think you're brilliant at this in many ways in life. I could tell stories for hours about it, but there we are sitting on John Berghoff's back porch with a group of extremely committed, you know, fun people who all were chipping in things that could add value to the group and people were bidding on them. So somebody would be like, I have a house in Florida. If anybody wants it, throw in some money to the front row. You can have it. And then somebody else would say, I got tickets to this event. If anybody wants to go to it, I'll toss those in. You can donate to the front row. You can have them. And that idea generated by John Berghoff and the community through the process that he uses of appreciative inquiry, which is a game-changing philosophy and process, which has revolutionized many of our lives and businesses. That night was a great example of what happens when strengths come together and conversation is built and creativity is allowed into the situation. So there we are with like 25 people raised tens of thousands of dollars. JK throws out this idea and four people commit to the front row tattoo. Now at this point, there are seven front row tattoos that are out there. And I want to tell you that the first tattoo I think is worth mentioning here, by the way, I want to throw this out there. The first tattoo is a great story because it shows a little bit about how we all live life in the front row differently. Sometimes when I say live life in the front row, people think they have to be the type of person that stands up and screams and dances and shouts and that that's the only type of person that lives a front row life is a total extrovert. Well, we created an event for a guy named Derek Boykins years ago and he was in his 30s, wonderful guy, a father of two kids, lived in Philadelphia, was a big fan of the 76ers and we sent Derek to go see the event and he was on the court and got a chance to meet the players. It was an awesome event. And I went to go see Derek after that event and hang out at his house. And I took him his video and his photo book with our event coordinator, Shannon, at the time. And I remember thinking, I don't know if he really was impacted by this because he was so reserved about it. He was more introverted in the way he expressed his emotions. And I remember saying to Shannon, did we really hit the mark here? Did we really change his life? Did we really transform him? Was he really excited about this? Because that's what we're always looking for is somebody that's so grateful for the day. And I remember thinking that we had missed something there and how could we get better? And somebody sends me a message and they said, Hey, John, looks like somebody is more committed to front row than you. And I said, what are you talking about? They said, look at this picture. And I look at my phone and it's a picture of a tattoo that says live life in the front row from shoulder to shoulder. Wow. And it's Derek Boykins who got the tattoo across his back. Literally, the guy is 6'2", you know, 200 plus pounds. It's a huge tattoo. I was like, I misjudged. I clearly did not see the impact that this has on Derek. But what it's evident of is how committed he was to the lifestyle of being in the front row every day and wanting that reminder and wanting to have that with you as a forever thing. And 
So the people that have now committed to having a front row tattoo, which I'm just blown away by, I love the idea of what it stands for because these people that have gotten these tattoos, you know, I think about Scott, who's, you know, in his 40s, owns a big business, two teenage boys, no tattoos, totally sober, commits to getting this done. And he's like, it was the easiest decision because this is how I want to live. This is who I am. And so I want to talk about the fact that there's so many different types of people out there listening. And there's so many different types of people out there, whether you're introverted or extroverted or a little bit of both and at different times in different contexts, but you can choose to be in the front row of life. And simply that means getting close to the people, places, things, thoughts, ideas, whatever they are that make you come alive. That's what this is all about. So my invitation to everybody listening is join our community, right? Like join the Miracle Morning community, join the front row community, come play with us at Best Year Ever, come to the Front Row Summit, be around like-minded and like-hearted people that will support you in achieving your biggest dreams and goals. So I just wanted to toss that out there. And JV, I think that was something you said made me think about the distinction between our communities, meaning that we've got the front row community, we've got the Miracle Morning community, but we actually have a separate integrated community that is the, we'll call them the in-person community, right? Because so much of our community is virtual. They're online, they're listening to the podcast, they're supporting each other virtually, but there's a much smaller group. I mean, 110,000 people in the Miracle Morning community, but at the live event, at the Best Year Ever Blueprint, which is our live event that we all do together, there's 300 people there. And they also go to the front row event. Then they go to that Miracle Morning event we had last year. And then they end up being in the Quantum Leap Mastermind, quite a few of them. And, and so there's this different almost level of community. And Roman, you always say, proximity is power. And I think that really is important for anybody listening to this or watching this. If you're inspired, if you've considered being a part of our in-person community, go to bestyeareverlive.com and come for the annual event. And again, it's a blending as you guys so eloquently put it. It's the harmonious blending of the Front Row Foundation, the Miracle Morning community coming together for the best year ever blueprint because the one thing we all share in common, we share a lot, but one thing we share in common is that every year, one year ends and the new year begins. And very few of us have a structured revolutionary process for how do you extract the value from the year you just finished, right? How do you extract the most value so that you can really maximize your growth from the year you finished? And then how do you eloquently transition it into a plan, a blueprint, if you will, for the coming year? And so to celebrate the Front Row Foundation and to become the best version of yourself and take it into the new year, you know, uh, bestyeareverlive.com and join us in November. So I didn't mean to go into some sales pitch, but that's my who I am, you know. But uh, anyway, you guys, I know all of us will be there except John Kane. And it's going to be a magical experience for everyone except John Kane. So we hope you'll join all of us. And when I say all of us, I mean the four of us except John Kane. And uh, we'll see you in San Diego. This is brutal. It's so good. I have a feeling John Kane will be there. I have a really good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Out of sheer guilt and peer pressure. That's what we're all about. I feel a lot of gratitude for the elevation that I feel from this group. It's special. Yeah. Now that I teed you up with those sweet comments, John Kane, I mean, is there anything that you want to close us out? You're one of the best. Do we each get a closing comment? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. All right. That was my closing comment. I'm, I'm done. Mic drop. And usually when we say we have a closing comment, there's at least 30 minutes. <laughs> Plan on 30 minutes. 
buckle up, everybody, because we're going to be here a while. Uh, should I hit record now? Should we start the episode? <laughs> if you just keep running as you listen to this, you'll be an ultra marathon runner as well. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'm going to piggyback on some other ideas mentioned. One, JK, you talked about donating your birthday to the Front Row Foundation. I want to take that as a moment to recognize how. First of all, how, dude, I, I'm amazed by you. And I, I've known you for years and I shouldn't be shocked. I shouldn't be amazed because I know who you are. I know what you're capable of. I've seen what you've done. But dude, the fact that you faced cancer this year and the way that you did it, the way you handled it, the way you carried yourself, the level of positivity you brought to that, you also brought the human experience. You had moments and I witnessed them. You shared them. I know this was very real and you felt that. I know that you had, you were talking pre-call today about this bone marrow test and how painful that was. And there's so much, right, about uh, what you endured. But through what you endured, dude, you donated your birthday to Front Row and you raised $10,000 doing that. And I watched these donations pour in. I watched the comments. I watched the people that expressed their love and gratitude for you. And I just want to say that that number, that, that represents to me the impact that you've had in the world. And I just want to tell you that I love you for that. Thanks for being a real leader. Thanks for walking the talk. And also, dude, I'm so happy that we now get a chance to create a front row event for you. And I want to let everybody out there listening know that we are creating a front row experience for Hal to be able to go to the event of his dreams in the front row. And so we've been working on that. It's been a busy year for how he's been very committed to his health and, you know, he's focused his attention there, but we are very close to now committing to a front row event for Hal. And I just wanted to let everybody know that. And I just wanted to tell you how that uh, we love you and we appreciate you. And we're super excited that we get a chance to sort of turn this around on you. You've been giving to so many for so long that we're yeah. going to give you an event. John, I want to report that we've been able to come through with the Mummers tickets for the Mummers parade. Mummers uh, parade, Philadelphia. Yeah, we There's got something a, like it. Yeah, we got him. A, he can stand on Broad Street, just stand on the street and watch it happen right in the front there. That's, <laughs> wow. I don't know who they are, but it sounds like the front row experience of my dreams. That sounds really <laughs> yeah, I, fantastic. Yeah. How about that? How about a front row experience where you surprise the recipient with their, you're like, hey, trying something new is part of living life in the front row. So you've <laughs> never heard this band, but this is who you're going to see. <laughs> Check it out. Just Google the Mummers String Band New Year's Day, Philadelphia. You'll get a real flavor. <laughs> Boom. Wow. It's actually awesome, but you might, you, I'm not sure it's your dream event. Well, before John Kane pulled a howl and made an inappropriate comment, John Broman, I just want to I, thank you, man. I love you, buddy. I really appreciate that. And be careful what you wish for. I've been joking for years that one day I want to have a front row, <laughs> my own front row experience. And then uh, I called you. I'm like, dude, I, I might have cancer, buddy. And then I literally made the joke that, hey, this would be a front row, <laughs> possibly a front row opportunity. And the lesson there, everyone, is there's humor in everything. They find the humor, find smile in the midst of adversity, in the midst of challenge, you know, find the humor. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to go through the challenges in our lives when we're laughing. You should also know the way he abuses the people that support him. That's another yeah. great characteristic. <laughs> only verbally, though, only verbally <laughs> and emotionally. I've never physically hurt any of you. I'm yeah. not very strong. It not took out 60 seconds after he told me his diagnosis to make a joke. And it wasn't that he wasn't taking it seriously. It was that that's how Hal 
progresses was that constantly bringing the best to whatever situation he faces. And I watched that over and over again. Dude, even when I came to the hospital to see you, I walk in, you're in your bed, you're literally hooked up to IVs and you're like, dude, let me make you this smoothie. I got this great recipe. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be serving you, buddy. You, uh, you're very much how all through this experience and we love you. I just want to also comment that if they can see this chat box on Facebook, I have noticed that my comments are all G or PG and I'm not associated with <laughs> For any of these other kind, I'm not associated with these gentlemen on this level. I just want to make that comment. <laughs> yeah, the nude photos were not from John Kane. Yeah, yeah way to distance yourself. Oh, JK. And I will pray for your souls. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Berghoff, do you have any comments, thoughts about how to wrap this? I don't know if anything needs to be added. Um, hey, this was fun. And I think our plan is to publish this both in obviously your front row podcast community, but in the Achieve Your Goals community. And so in the spirit of those who showed up here, not knowing what they were going to find, I hope that if you actually got all the way this far into the conversation, which if you hear those words, it means you did, that whether or not we were explicit about it, that there were some pretty clear lessons that we've all benefited from, not always on purpose, in some cases, on accident, we turned out to help each other in big ways. And I just jotted down a couple of my own. Just listening to us hang out here today, I thought, if I was listening to this for the first time, what might I not actually know went on behind the scenes for the last 20 years? And maybe today started to give a glimpse of that. But So I'm just going to summarize. I wrote down three or four different words. One of them is the unlimited potential and power of our relationships that you know, we can do everything we want to do to try and create a new life, a better life to achieve our goals. But at the end of the day, the potential that we all have is going to be magnified by our relationships, maybe more than anything else. And I've learned that from you, Johnny Vroman and Johnny Kane. And uh, I hope everyone realizes that the five of us, for anything that we have achieved or that we feel fulfilled about in our lives, a lot of it has happened because we have been there for each other. And that led me to the next word I wrote down, which was uh, patience. Patience. The five of us were all friends 19, 20 years ago. And we all had different ambitions of different types. And I think if any of us, I'll speak for myself, if I would have known how quickly 20 years can go by, I think I would have been able to be more patient along the journey and realize that timing is always perfect. You know, I think about Johnny Rulin here. This guy has endured 15 years of me and others telling him what an idiot he is. <laughs> and, uh, and now he's like a global freaking gifting icon and you can't keep him off TV or off the biggest stages in the planet. And, you know, the funny thing is we joke about it, but I think all of us all along knew that he was building a 20 year overnight success. And, you know, the same thing is true about you, Johnny Vroman. I mean, we love to tell the story about how you you left an opportunity to, to go create one and being a speaker. But really, you had for years been developing yourself as the kind of person who could then become that college speaker of the year twice in a row. Or I think about Hal and how, I mean, we've all seen this. I've been really lucky that I've been able to see it in a way that very few have. But Hal was promoting the Miracle Morning 11 years ago, 12 years ago, when, when it was nothing to anybody. It was just a thing that he was doing. And one of our mutual friends, Katie Haney, said, this is a cool thing. And then a few more people said, this is a cool thing. And then Hal spent a decade getting the message out there. And I just think about the patience that we may have had or didn't have. And I look back and think, 
just a great reminder that our timing is always going to be perfect. And there's one more word that I wrote down when I was thinking about our conversation here, and it was just the word joy. And you know, I don't know if people realize this, but before we push record or stream this into the community, we're making just as many jokes. We're laughing just as much. And for some reason, I don't know who to credit it to, but we've all seemed to find a way to have a lot of fun along the journey. And that could sound like a a simple idea, easy to overlook how important or valuable it is, but it's what makes it all worth it. So we are having as much fun as it looks like we're having on the camera and off the camera. And I hope everyone can maybe just take something from that to uh, enjoy whatever you can in your own journeys. That's my closing comment. Beautiful. Live life in the front row, everybody. Ruin, did you have anything <laughs> you wanted to add? Uh, <laughs> well, that was anticlimactic. Um, Product I, offering? I was just thinking... Um, yeah, JB keeps showing Giftology, which is a nice shout out to me, glasses, headphones. I think I want to give a shout out to Berghoff. I think that in many ways, um, did you've been kind of the mastermind behind a lot of the things I think a lot of us are doing. I think you've led the way in many respects with the investments that you made 15 years ago with Tony Robbins and so many other courses. But I think that you've been the facilitator, the person that is oftentimes planting seeds or architecting a lot of the things that have allowed Hal and JV and myself and even the the giving back to Cutco and supporting Kane. And so you're on stage, but really you're like the puppeteer behind the scenes helping make things happen and thinking five steps ahead and challenging all of us to step up our game. And I think what you're doing with Flourishing Leadership you know, has the opportunity to be a game changer for not just a handful of companies, but entire organizations, countries, and what you've been able to accomplish with a partnership with Cooper Ryder. And I think all of us recognized it years ago when you were that 17-year-old idiot, um, <laughs> that you're also really brilliant and uh, incredibly talented. And we're operating on a different frequency than almost any other person that any of us had ever met. And so... I just want to make sure that you get your due in, in across the world here as this goes out, that you don't have a, a social media account, you don't have an email list, but you figure out a way to plug into the relationships that matter and understanding how to help us launch. And I don't think a lot of us would be as successful as we are. And I, I know that the big, I think it was a five or $10,000 donation early on to Front Row. That was yeah. one of the biggest donations to that point by far, put everybody else to shame. When you probably didn't even have $10,000, you probably had to go freaking, you know, sell your bike or something to be able to pay for it. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, dude, you... you you, uh, your 300 mile run for EO, like you've put yourself out there and, and yeah, we've supported you, but you've definitely been on the cutting edge of self-development and understanding how to support us. So that was something that was boiling up inside me that I felt like needed to be shared before we cut out. I, I do like how you slipped in the opportunity to call him an idiot in your monologue there. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah, great well job. Well hey, six positives for every one negative. So yeah. like, I, I mean, that's a JV quoted comment. I'm, dude, yeah. I'm, I think there's at least 30 positives for every, oh, yes. for every one idiot. So dude, that, <laughs> I think, I, I, you know, you should be feeling the love. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it, Johnny. Appreciate well, it, buddy. Well played. Hey, I'm going to come back to uh, an action oriented thought. It's great to feel good and make jokes and things, but I just want to be really clear that if you're listening to this, make a decision today to do something with this podcast today, whether it's to create a front row moment for somebody, whether it's to become an ambassador, create an event, 
Show up for the best year ever event. I'm listening to my own advice on that. Show up somewhere where these people are. I will tell you, that will be a blessing for your life, regardless of the event. Show up for the Front Row Summit. Keep showing up for these things. And I would say that what makes this awesome is just you making a decision to do something with this information. You know, we haven't said a lot about John Rowland's book, but I'm going to say something about it. It's that, you know, even if you never plan on giving someone a gift again in your life, or maybe you don't like gifts, you don't care. That's not what the book is about. The book is about relationships and it's about the power of thinking differently about appreciating people. And it's intriguing and powerful and I would want everybody to, you know, go buy that book and read it because there's something there that has nothing to do with buying something for somebody. And that could be lost in this podcast. In fact, there's a lot there that kind of ties this all together. So I'd want to mention that. But, you know, Jerry Otteson was a legend in our Cutco business and a blessing to so many people. And at the end of his sales presentation, when, you know, he would show people the Cutco product and they would be sitting there. Sometimes they would say, well, can you leave me your card? And he had a card that he would hand across the table and the card would say, don't just sit there, buy something. (laughs) (laughs) That was his business card. And we've all gotten probably 20 of those mailed to us when Jerry was alive. Uh, And so my point today is you don't have to buy something. You can go listen to a free podcast, but there's something you can do today to take action on what happened. And that would be a blessing. And what would be powerful would be for you to share in these communities how this call today impacted the action you took. That's what I'm curious about. And, you know, it looks like uh, I, you know, I may be leaving my family for the ninth straight week this year to go to uh, California. Who knows? But I guess, you know, I'm inspired to take some action today. And uh, I love you guys. And it's an honor to be with you. Thank you. for Dad, we love you too. What, what you're doing for the world. Thanks, Johnny Kane. Thank you, John. Guys, we weren't far off on the 30-minute prediction. Does anybody want to push it to the end? Does anybody want to throw out another question, another action? I got one more post-it note that I wrote a couple things down on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got anything, buddy, for the Miracle Morning community? This is going to your crew right now. You're watching it. Miracle Morning community, you are actually, this is live in the Miracle Morning community Facebook group. So um, I love you guys and gals. But uh, I just want to acknowledge everybody for how much time we took to really prepare this thing. From start to finish, we rehearsed it uh, the last six weeks, uh, and I feel like we nailed it. We delivered it just like we rehearsed it. <laughs> Pitch perfect. Pitch perfect. Hey, I, you know what? I am going to say something about that very quickly. How you, you joke about that, but that's actually what I've learned from all you guys is just how successful you can be with very little prep. <laughs> Amen. 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 Meaning, meaning, you know, I mean, and by the way, I could apply that to a hundred different things, but I remember going and seeing Oprah live. And I remember Tony Robbins was there as the guest. And then, he, you know, Tony's in the audience and Oprah's up on stage. And 10 seconds before they go live to everybody, Tony's like, are you going to start or am I going to start? And literally <laughs> seconds before they're going three, they're going, why don't you start? Tony? <laughs> Two, one. And then he's like, all right, everybody, welcome back. And I'm sitting there going, that's all the prep they do. I would have been sure that it was more scripted than that. But I think what's brilliant is that sometimes in life, we just need to take action, imperfect action, right? It's our friend, Carl Drew, great mountain climber and great human being, humanitarian. He always says, don't wait to get things perfect to get them going. Just get them going and worry about perfect later, if you will. 
And I think that that's uh, my call to action everybody today is that when I look around at this call and this video chat, I see a bunch of guys who really care deeply, but you don't let perfection get in the way of just doing something, just going out there and making that introduction, saying hello, taking an action, trying the business idea, whatever it is, and just make it happen by taking action. That's how you get to the front row. Go take the seat, you know, get in there, go to the event of life and make it happen. All right. Love you guys. Love everybody. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bestyoueverlive.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 